Marcus. No. How you doing? I'm all right. Do you like movies? Yes. Do you like when Frank Capra misses his father, who is a music agent, but his mom is about to marry a firefighter, so he finds a genie rapper named Kazam and transfers him into a boombox? Huh? <laughs> Do you like the movie Kazam? Have not seen it since it came out. It's a, a you know we you know we're doing some Brooklyn movies today. Yes, we absolutely so, are. Or are just like city movies. Yeah. So I decided to revisit Kazam. Okay. Wait, that movie's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Shows how much I know or yes. remember rather. He's a rap. He becomes a rapper. Okay. Shaq. Okay. Uh, this is Zebras in America, a Shaq podcast. Uh, so. Shaq Fu, underrated. That is an underrated Genesis game. I remember, no, okay, see, I had it for Super Nintendo, and I remember feeling ripped off when one of my best friends who lived right next door to me, the Genesis version had more characters. It's and I true. Felt very, had, I had was nice, very annoyed at that. Had better sprites. What? Sprites, you know, like the pixelated characters. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Uh, getting very loud with your excitement. Yeah. yeah. So that's before we even talk about the main topics of this week. It's true. Anyone that uh, listens to our podcast knows, one, we like movies. Two, we are huge fans of Eliza Hitman. Oh, yeah. And three, she had a movie that came out this weekend. But before we do that, I do want to say that recently we were on another podcast called Wrong Real. Oh, yeah. Right. So, So if you... I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Venn diagram of people who listen to this podcast and people who listen to that podcast might be a circle. But if it's not, come check out that episode. We talk about Jim Jarmusch, kind of. 1,000% a lot of listeners. So, yeah, give it a listen. It was fun. Uh, as much as people, you know, complain in general, I'm always a fan of, like, a lot is too much. Like, five people is too much. But I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, the three and four uh podcast not to diss you know us because it's two of us but i like when it's like you know the, are you the, dissing the, our the podcast absolutely not do we need to have talk do we need to talk about kevin no no we definitely don't no. need to talk about we need to talk about kevin no we don't love that director but I we do. do not need to talk i do too we do not need to talk about we need to talk about kevin yeah i think we do need to talk about beach rats i know i'm peeking at your list i'm, I'm excited about some of these movies right yeah because that because because I read your excellent um, article about Beach Rats and some of your dalliances of uh, fan fiction ideas. Yeah, see, it, for those listening, I knew we were going to be getting into this on the show. But after seeing it, sometimes you get inspired. It's just, oh, I just want to write something, but without saying a whole lot because we'll be talking about it. Right. What, what got me the most is, and this is rare... Like I say in the piece, if you want, just go to Pinland Empire. It'll be the most recent thing that comes up. A lot of times, directors shy away so from influences of their movies. But days before uh, Beach Rats dropped, Eliza Hitman was just posting a lot of pictures uh, from movies, from famous photos that inspired Beach Rats. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. A, a director who embraces in influences. And Beach Rats is still very much her own movie at, you know, at the same time. So I got excited about that because, as you know, movie comparisons are my thing. And that's really what I focus on, whether visual or just the fact that how it relates to other Brooklyn movies, which, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm spying on your list and, and I'm very excited. And also, like, some of the pictures that she was posting were pictures that you were going to use oh, for side-by-side -side One particularly, I was very excited. I, um, yeah, Bruno Dumont's The Life of Jesus. Very much a coming-of-age uh, shirtless young people kind of being aimless uh, in their youth movie and then I as proof I texted this picture to Scott and our friend him Tume and then like two days later Eliza Hitman posted one of the same images and I was like oh my god so, so it means like you know you were you you were tapped in yeah and also you know to bring back to a conversation we had on Wrong Reel with Jim Jarmusch is that he says you know, own your influences. Don't be afraid of your influences. Mm -hmm. Or as Nas said, there's no no ideas original. There's yep. nothing new under the sun. So use what you have and make something new. Yep. So Beach Rats um, is a movie. What's that? No, I just minimized the uh, the wave. Oh. I like to see where we are. That's so. Yeah. I just got lost in the world, baby. You ever smoke? You ever <laughs> lost in the wave? You ever smoke PCP? No. Speaking of waves... I'm going to one day, so when you ask me that question, it's going to totally throw you off. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm not surprised at anything. Oh, but I'm not really a drug guy. 
Am I a drug guy? No. But I feel like you've done more drugs than me. I've probably smoked more PCP than you. Yes. But I don't know if I've smoked PCP. Oh. I plead the fizz enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just staring at the waves. I'm breaking the waves. I did cocaine a few times in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Over the course of a couple of days. Oh, that's the funniest thing. It was very fun. Never again. So. When you're with your best friends, when you're in your 30s and these are people you grow up with. Having some cold ones. If one does it, it's like, well, okay, he did it. I have to do it. It's on. It's on, baby. I'm I'm always going to have that mentality with, especially my friends that I've known since the age of 12 through, uh, 7 through 12. So, (laughs) not much changes. Oh, you want to eat this duck foot? Nah. Your friends are? Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, my mom was always like, if your friends robbed a bank, would you? I'm like, shit, probably. Oh, my God. No, honestly, yeah, I would. Let's be honest. I can't let my friends go down do that. One... That would be, they're not going to do that shit without me. Two, if they go down, I'd like to, I don't know, I feel like I'd like to go down with them. So, kind, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's better to go down with them than go down on them. Ayo. Yo. Wow. <laughs> Speaking wow. of going down Pause. on them, Beach Rats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you like that. Beach Rats is a, is a, is a, <laughs> Beach Rats is a film about some young kids in like the like Plum Beach, Manhattan Beach uh, area of Brooklyn. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm sure when Eliza comes on the show, she'll say which neighborhood exactly, but there are scenes in Plum Beach, there are scenes in Manhattan Beach, there are scenes in, in Coney Island, mm-hmm. and the main character, who, surprisingly, he's not, he's played by an English dude. No, really? I know! He played, like, the best Brooklyn Well, that's I, good. Oh, fair enough. He well, played that's a good. really good, good, really good, like, Irish-American Brooklyn knucklehead. See, I did, okay, I did have him pegged as an actor, like an actor, yeah, actor. Yeah, he's an actor. Like, he totally looks like a, like a model guy. Like, he's got, he's got, he's got some chiseled features. He's, he's built well. I didn't think he was, like, from Brooklyn, but I thought he was, like, American. I thought no. maybe, that's, okay, impressive. No, impressive. Very, very impressive. And he's, because he blended in with his three, with his entourage. Those his guys entourage. are straight up. None of those Th- guys those are dudes, English. Those dudes are, are definitely from Brooklyn. Yes. Um, but Especially the one dude, the that, one bald-headed guy with the... Larger years, he, yeah. he, and I'm not making fun of him. He's he brought out this. Oh, well, all three of them there, brought there authenticity. authenticity, especially because, like, as my as my fiance, who I saw the movie with, pointed out. Also, unfortunately, they're not great at handball because they're playing, oh. they're playing handball in, in Manhattan Beach courts, mm-hmm. where which is a famous uh, place to play to play handball. Oh, okay. Which is a game that most people don't know about, but, yeah. but it's a very popular Brooklyn game. Um, I used to go with uh, my uncle, my dad's younger brother, to this park in Queens. Let me not just say Brooklyn. Yeah, I was going to say, my my uncle, my dad's younger brother, Queens native, I used to walk with him to the park and just watch him play handball. I never fully got the rules, but it was was intense. Some people take it serious. They take it very seriously, and then it's like there's there's Russian style or American style and, you know, hamster style. There's just different styles of, of how you play. Yeah, and this, this kid, because those guys, they are not his friends. Those kids he hangs out with are not his friends in the movie. Wait, what are we talking about? Like in real life? Or in no, the no, movie? no. In the movie, those characters that he hangs out with are not his friends. Um, so, I'm not going to say... You have to explain I that. I will. I will. I'm going yeah. to. Uh, not not full-on spoiler, but we are going to talk about plot points. I sure. don't think we're going to talk about the ending plot points. Sure. But, we're, but there are some plot points that we're going to be talking about. So... Uh, what Eliza Hitman does so well is that she gives you little pieces of story that you put together. Mm-hmm. He's this kid. He's with these friends. He's um, this girl likes him, and they go home to his house, and he covers her eyes so she doesn't see that his that his father is there, yeah. who's who's dying from cancer. Yeah, and he's he's getting high on his on his father's heroin pills. Yeah, with the oxycodones. Yep, and um, and his father passes away, mm-hmm. and. None of his friends are at the funeral. Oh my God! You know what? I did notice that. I I I noticed that, but I just felt that maybe a lot of people were there, so they didn't focus in on them. But then I, my mind immediately. Mm, no, 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 no. But you're right because then my mind immediately went to like take like a Manchester by the Sea when uh, Casey Affleck's nephew. You know, I whatever two different films, two, two different directors, but. That he made a point to show his entourage of friends were there, yeah. and they hung out with him afterwards. They stayed at his house. So, so that did. I just, I wanted to believe those guys were his, like, his friends. Those are, so. those are, those are people that he hangs out and does drugs with. Sure. He's not like friends. Yeah. I just feel like they're not. 
his real friends, they mostly hang out with him because he has drugs, and he has the good drugs. Do you and say? then and then when that stuff starts going away, they get him to do some stuff to try to, you know, get the more drugs. Yeah. But largely, the film is about you know he's he has sex with older men on the internet. Yeah. And he doesn't consider himself gay, or he's not sure if he's gay. Yeah. The biggest answer he says a lot throughout the movie is, I don't know what I like. Yeah. Says it, I, from what I, rem- I remember, the second time he said that, I was like, oh, is this going to be a running thing? Let me count if he says it again. And I counted a third time, so at least three times that I remember he, he said that line. Yeah, it's sort of like in Bart Luby, The Scrivener, where he's like, I would rather not. His, yeah. his I would rather not. Mm-hmm. Or I would prefer not to, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlo will c- correct me if I use the literary term wrong, so... Um, so sorry yeah um but his thing is I don't know what I like and he gets dangerously close to it all falling apart but then the the film takes a different lane it does um wow yeah we, we we're trying not to go spoiler but there is always when you talk about the whole hookup angle there's always that thing about like threats like there's sure. always like a because th- every time it's not even so much that he hooks up with older men at night and there's that always that for as long as the internet will forever be around forever just meeting someone on the internet there's that potential danger it's the fact that like you know they meet by this like swampy bushy area he never lets Plum, anyone know Plum where w- yeah he never lets anyone know where he's going there's all these things where it's just like oh man but he's, he's also going to a place where in the in the film universe, because I'm not sure if it's still going on, is a place where dudes go to do that sort of thing. Just how the Veil vale of Kashmir in Prospect Park sure. used to be a place where dudes would go to do that sort of thing back in the day. Oh, okay. There's a very good short film that came out last year about um, I think I think it's something about the Veil vale of Kashmir. It's about this old leather daddy who goes to the Veil vale of Kashmir and talks poetry about how it used to be mm-hmm. and it's very good okay um and yeah because the thing about him and his friends is like they look like the type of kids that love mm-hmm. rap music but also could commit hate crimes and definitely use both the soft a n-word and the hard r n-word absolutely and also are the kind of people who if they found out that this guy, the cat Frankie by the name, if they found out what he was doing, they'd probably beat him up too. Probably so. they wouldn't. Like if if you think like like they would be super accepting, maybe maybe twenty years from now, but you know, eh, no, not that. But I, yeah, also like the, you give the, people more credit than I do. I think in life. Uh, yes, I mean I said twenty. That's a long time. That's true. That's um, true. I will be in my fifties. Yeah. So, who knows? But. But also you can tell by the fact that like the mother's the mother hasn't figured it out. The sister hasn't figured it out. Or has she? I don't think she has. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't think she has. Okay. I don't but <clears throat> you know, I you can't really tell the age of these kids because it happens during the summer. Yeah. Because you know because if you're from Brooklyn you know that that if you go to it starts with the fireworks at Coney Island, mm-hmm. which is a which is a summer thing. Uh-huh. So they could be in high school, they could be in college. They do get drinks without a problem on a boat thing. Yeah. So they could be over twenty one, but they could also have fake IDs. I feel like they're at a point like they're literally twenty one. Like I think they're at that point. Yeah, because they're young looking. But I know, like when I, granted, I wasn't having sex with men on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's just not what I'm into. Mm-hmm. When I when my when my father passed away and I was young and I was up to no good, just like drinking and taking LSD in Prospect Park and doing weird stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom had no idea because she didn't want to know. Yeah, you know, people only know what they want to know because they're also going through their own mourning process. Which, in a way, ties into uh, Liza Hitman's first feature, "It Felt Like Love," where there's yeah. a lot of stuff that uh, Lila is doing, and her dad has no clue. And there's yeah. even that one scene where he likes to be like, you know, where his where they're having this talk, and the father's like, "I know, parents always know," but that's not true because yes. especially if if, if a if dad he, knew he, that his he, daughter he, was he doing fucking, what she was up to, no. Yeah, if he so. knew, if he knew, there would no way, no way he would be so complacent. 
and, and it, it just from life stuff too. Sure. Just like like you said, there were certain things, not necessarily drug related or anything, but there's certain things to this day my parents don't know that I was into. So, yeah, yeah. I remember one time, like uh, I was having dinner with my mom, and I was like, "Did you realize how crazy I was going?" <laughs> and she was like, "I mean, I knew that you were going crazy, which is why I sent you to boarding school for a year, but I didn't if." I had known the extent, I probably would have sent you to, like, military school for wow. a year. Whoa. Well, it's just true. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not like I killed nobody. No, 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 I'm talking about the idea of military school, though. Yeah, it would have been... Uh, I sometimes wish I was, because... <laughs> just because, I like, I still have trouble maintaining regiments and stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. I respect the regimented life of the military man. Sure. And also, you know... We, the, the characters of this film and It Felt Like Love definitely exist in the same sphere. Yeah. Whether, sure. so whether you know, Eliza considers them in the same universe or not, they definitely feel like in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And certain movies like um, Requiem for a Dream wishes it was in the same universe. Sure. But is, but is way, way too heavy-handed with it. Yep. Where this film... And I don't want to say nothing negative, but maybe to its detriment is so nuanced about its story and how it's being told. Mm-hmm. Where a movie like Requiem for a Dream, because he's from Bush, Brooklyn too. He's from Manhattan Beach, Taron yeah. Aronofsky. Yeah. And Saturday Night Fever, you were saying, maybe their their grandkids are these kids. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and you and I are two of the only people who have seen the movie Gravesend. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. And it was one of those things where I, I see growing up when I was in high school, I used to think like, oh, if it's at a video store, people know about it. And then like I, I by the time I, if, I used to think if it was at a record store, they were doing they were successful. Or I used to think if a wrestler was on TV that they had lots of money. Yeah. A million dollar man. Ted DiBiase was never a millionaire in his life. Um, but yeah, so and then going to college, it's like I would casually drop Gravesend. And then people would be like, what are you what, talking what? about? What? I was like, like yeah, Gravesend, you know, there's a movie. You used to rent yeah. it at Blockbuster. Lords of the Underground. That's not true. I didn't rent it at Blockbuster. I rented it Lords at Video Brooklyn. To Go. Excuse me, Lords but of still, Brooklyn. yeah. Lords of Brooklyn, not Lords of the Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very different. Very different. But, um, um, well, Lords of the Underground had that song that was later sampled by Harry Fraud, who was from Brooklyn. So there's What that. song? I'm curious. Do, 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 do. Shot Callers. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's good for, mm-hmm. you know... For a you know French one of them French Montana songs. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I know this. I didn't know you that know, was Harry Fraud. Yeah, I was just also just doing not a very good trumpet impersonation. Yeah. That's not what I'm for. If you ever get a chance, go listen to K Def's Cipher interview on a uh, on the Cipher podcast. How he isolated that sample. Uh, side note: Marley Marl gets credited for making that beat. He did not. It was K Def of Real Live. But anyway. And K Def was a very talented. Still but yeah, stuff. yeah. So like, I, w- I remember, you know, I would just see movies if, if it took place in Brooklyn. <laughs> sure, um, sure. And I, I'm hard pressed to find too many fans of the film Bullet. Yeah, uh, really? Yeah, I mean, more so than Gravesend, obviously. Sure. For, for sure. many reasons, because yeah. it's got, it's got Tupac, it's got uh, mm-hmm. Adrian Brody, it's got Mickey Rourke. Yeah, but it was before Adrian Brody was Adrian Brody That's too, true. which is cool. That's true. And it had a uh, Steel from yeah. Juice. Um, and yeah, also man. had um, Ted um, Levine Buffalo Bill Ted Levine Ted Levine yeah in one of his I think his performance it was it was so good it's up there it's and, up there and that's a very Brooklyn movie like there are, uh, we talked we went into detail about it on the missing episode four yeah but right right just the intro music the intro is incredible you know just, group home a, yeah it's just a very Brooklyn Brooklyn movie even though uh, Mickey Rourke and Tupac are from different places yeah but. You know what I the the, thing, the reason why I reacted the way you did was because for two years my cousin my first cousin Andrew lived with us uh, in Massachusetts he was from like deep South Carolina and he loved the movie Bullet and he was saying I him and his friends used to watch it so I figure it's like between Massachusetts and South Carolina sure I feel like there's got you you know what I'm saying well I think people who were like oh I need to see the movies that Tupac was in yeah he, so that so yeah, that's where yeah. a lot of people because you know. I mean, Tupac. We if we just talk Tupac movies, he was in some good movies. He was. He was, in, or like movies I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Gridlocked had as a heroin jazz rap band. Yeah. Um, Juice obviously. Juice. Poetic classic. Justice. Is, Poetic has, Justice has is a great. A lot of things I like. Still kind of holds up. Um, yeah. 
Even nothing but trouble. He had a, he had a great scene in nothing but trouble. You know, and so yeah, that's so that's why I think it has a wider net. Yeah, where like Lords of Brooklyn were popular in Brooklyn. Yeah, and the movie didn't have like a lot of so. I feel like people didn't see it as much, but even like, like if Bullet during the film Bullet, like had a one night stand, in Plum near Plum Beach, his kid could have been a knucklehead, in, in Beach Rats. Or like I said in in the, the, the quick little line I wrote, I like the kids, the group of uh, friends in Beach Rats could be like the younger siblings of the uh, the Gravesend. Guys, you know they could be, uh, and I'm. Which know, is also a neighborhood that Lila drop name drops in. Uh, it felt like love. That's where she lives. Well, that's and, that's and, where the character is, in it felt yeah, like love. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so I would when we have her on, I'm going to ask her about these movies. Yeah, um, yeah. We so hopefully she said after the movie came out she'd be able to be on the show. So let's. Uh, let's yeah, I, th- I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to bug her. But I, th- I no, think we're good, and, and uh, you know. Uh, it had, this movie had a very good opening for a three theater opening. Yeah, it had a little. I, I I always feel good when smaller movies like this. When I was you know tweeting things about it, it had a little hashtag. Like I would type beach R, and then by the time I got to the R, the rest of it would you know fill out. So that's a good thing because because the uh, New, New York Times was really really pushing this movie uh, between Thursday and Friday. So that's yeah. good. And yeah, it for I think it made like forty five thousand dollars, which on three theaters is mm-hmm. not bad at all. Yeah. That's that because it's the Lincoln Center, which Lincoln is a Center, small theater, Landmark. Landmark, which is a bigger theater, and, and someplace in LA. In LA, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's very good opening. Sure, that's uh, that's not bad at all. Compared to okay, so take a movie like uh, Good Time, which made only you know, and it's good, like three hundred, three hundred thousand, but then that has Robert Pattinson. Good Time has hit a million. Know, oh, good it has. has hit a million, oh. yeah. Well, there was a period. The, the same, same amount of the same time. article. I was reading the same oh, article. Okay, but the opening like the same few days. You know, like it, it wasn't that it wasn't that 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 far off. So yeah, have, have, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm um, I have I have my various reasons why I don't want to see it, but um, maybe we'll talk off we'll talk off record about that. I really want to see Polina. That was also in that article. Juliet. Oh Bioche, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juliet yeah, Bioche, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a little um. A little combo article by my favorite person Armand White, where he wrote about that and Beach Rats together. Did he uh, like either of them? No, uh, he liked what Paulina, right? Yeah, yeah, he liked that. He didn't like Beach Rats probably because it was a film that dealt with homosexuality. It wasn't specific to his life experience, and whenever that happens, it's not valid to him, and he just totally dismisses it because, hey, I'm Armand White, I was gay, but this isn't my story, so you know what? This isn't believable. If you don't, and if you think I'm talking off base, just read his review of um, Moonlight, of Moonlight, yeah. and other stuff too. Um, he's an asshole. He's very smart. I'm not gonna say I'm not ever gonna call him an idiot or anything. And I know how much you like him. And you may not want to be huge, associated with me saying that about I him. I, I, but it gets huge, to a certain point where it really just I do want to strangle him sometimes. I'm just gonna bruh, be honest. Bruh, yeah. bruh, bruh, yes, bruh. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of him, but I'm also like a good friend of yours. Sure, things can operate in the same space. That's true. If we if if we can't be critical of the critical. Yes. Then, then who are we? Here's my thing, but there's two problematic things. Like, I think if you go to my... Well, for the most part, I, I made a, a deal with myself to just not write about movies that I dislike. Although I, I take jabs at certain people. I'm not one of these people... Trust me, If whether you follow me on Twitter or you know me personally. You know there's a lot of stuff I like. I even take, you know, little shots. But for the most part, what I put out there about my knowledge or whatever film, it's more on the positive. It's stuff that I, I like. So... I just think he won. He's become a parody of, of himself. Like the whole, I, I really do think like the negative film critic to some degree is, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be dramatic and say is ruining cinema, but I think like when you just, now you're just writing like a character of yourself, like Jay Sherman, the critic. It I, was about, I was about to you know? say like, but then also what's when, extra, you, when you start becoming like Jay Sherman, you know, you have to, you have to take a look, but I, I don't know how many of the, the great critics from that time look that far inward and really love the critic. Sure, I love the critic. Sure. I did too. When I, I think when I, when I think of the critics that inspired me, Jay Sherman is one of them. Nice. I, I do. Before I lose my train of thought, though, I also want to say what's frustrating is too is that he knows cinema. He knows the language of cinema very well, and it's almost like 
we in no way are peers and I'm not someone who can speak to him like this, but at the same time, it's like, I know what you're capable of. Like, just do, like, at least the way that you write and, and, and your mind and all the stuff that you know, write about stuff that, that you like. And if there's stuff that you do not like, and if you clearly don't like anything, which seems to be the case for quite some time, just stop. Do something else. And I know that's messed up to tell someone to stop, but at the same time, when so much of what you put out is just negative energy, you know what? Stop for a little bit. The thing Take is, a break. though, he put out so much positive energy and really... I don't want to talk too deeply on this. I Me just neither. Wanna, I just want to say, like, yeah. yeah, it just... But it also seems that your frustration is in you know how good he can be. Yeah. And I just think he still, like, writes good reviews from time to time. And, you know, again, just reading him saying... Like, him telling me that it was okay to like artificial intelligence meant the world to me. Because mm-hmm. I just felt really, really alone Fair at enough. the time. So, so we like we like Beach Rats. We do. We're excited to see where Eliza Hitman continues. Absolutely. I'm still a gigantic fan. I want to see where she goes next. I, I, I believe that the world is her oyster. Now, do you see her continuing? Because I feel like this movie... I'll put it to you like this. It felt like when it... I remember when it felt like Love came out opening weekend. I don't remember it getting this much, you know, press. Like, you know, I'm only judging... I didn't hear on about something. the movie until a year exactly. ago when you told yeah. me about it less than a year ago. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, do you see her as someone who will always work with the actor she does? Or like, for example, like maybe like a Safdie thing, like her next movie, do you see her with like a Robert Pattinson and Jennifer Jason Lee? Like, do you see... The authenticity, the authenticity of, of of her movies continuing as she works with like quote real actors I or mean, like the Safties still work with the people that worked with on their first movies. Sure, that's true. They continue. That's true. And you know, as they have been, you know, Robert Pattinson reached out to them. He saw he saw uh, Heaven Knows What, and was like, I need to make a movie with these guys. <laughs> okay. Which is a wild move. <laughs> I sounded really arrogant, pretentious, but okay, all right. It's, it's a yeah, it's a dark movie. It's a dark, it's a dark movie, but you know that movie yeah, uh, dark, right? started also springboarded the career of Buddy Duress, mm-hmm. who was really lovely in Person to Person, which is still one of my one of my favorite movies of the year. It's on my list. And uh, of favorite movies or movies to see to see to oh, see. Right. Yeah, I also yeah I want. As far as movies that are out right now, I want to see Polina. I want to see The Lemon, because um, that looked good. That sort of looked like an opposite, like The Big Sick or something. Mm-hmm. I also sort of want to see The Big Sick, but I, you know, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, I'm not like in a rush. Yeah. Um, but something that really took me by surprise and is a forerunner for one of my favorite movies of the year recommended to us by the weirdo Carlo from yes. Women on the Screen. Yes. Such a weird guy. Yes. You know. Such a weird great guy though. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not Just saying you're not have, saying he's let not. Let me have this. Okay. Let me have this description. Okay. So it's like a weird guy shows up like check out his like Instagram he's like got pictures of people I know I'm like what are you doing man? Yeah. No but he, he recommended this movie All These Sleepless Nights. Yes. Which is uh a Polish film, supposedly a documentary, though I question the veracity of that. Right? I didn't look at. Yeah. For, oh, yeah. This is an audio thing, so you couldn't see my yeah, eyebrow raised. The face oh. he made. I didn't know it was a doc. I just thought it was like a non-narrative, like fiction movie. Exactly. I didn't read the description or anything. It's it's a, it's called a documentary, but I think the director um, knew these guys and sort of like, you know, it's just about these these guys mostly this one guy getting lost in dance music and figuring out who he is or who he isn't over two summers Polish trap Polish trap like house Polish yeah. trap music yeah um, and I I thought it was like the antithesis to the real Cancun you ever see the MTV movie the real Cancun no it came out like 2002 no it was like it was like supposed to be like if the real world was like a movie oh okay and like people like fell in love and there's this scene where like this girl gets stung by a jellyfish and this dude has to pee on her because that's the thing to get rid sure, of. Sure, sure. Jellyfish stings and they make eye contact as he's peeing on her and mm-hmm. they fall in love and it's like... Nice. It's like, you know, it was like one of the first sort of like... Uh, 
reality TV movies or something. Yeah, yeah. Besides, like, but it was real, or as real as these things are, right? Because mm-hmm. then there's also what, Series 7? Oh, man! Series yeah. 7, what a great yeah. movie. Early, That's a good movie. Early Will Arnett uh, appearance. He has this little moment at towards the, end, towards the, end, uh, the end of the movie. Oh, shit. He's like the announcer in the movie theater, yeah. And also, you were talking about Buffalo Bill earlier, the movie yeah. Stars. Um, What's her name? The woman who's supposed to put the lotion in the basket. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh that's, man, that's a game. Yeah, I used man. to when I worked at the video store, I used to rent that movie a lot. That was a that was so. a that was an early that was a, that was when they were trying to figure out like can we film on digital cameras and make it look good? Yeah. That one, <laughs> they figured out that if we make it sort of a reality television thing, it'll be a, easier to believe the di- now digital cameras like the red. And the black whatever mamba yeah. are really wonderful, but this is—it's funny how technology moves like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and Tume's friend Dennis, who's a brilliant writer, who wrote like this eleven-page uh, review of Whiteface. His first movie was on like one of those digital formats, but no. they're trying to make it. I really want to see that. So, and Tume, give me a copy, man. I'm ready for the remaster of that. For for me, we uh, didn't get to. Um, all these sleepless nights. Yeah, no, I was saying for all these sleepless. For me, the, now the movie I'm about to compare it to. I know that there's some heavy, heavy, religious, political, uh, country-specific stuff. But on the surface, it was very similar to another Polish film, The Hourglass Sanitarium, and that like the wandering whoa, camera, whoa, the wandering just whoa. on the surface. You need to give me a second to just on the surface. <sighs> That's crazy. When you get a little deeper. Yeah, I I don't mean to like be like because I like both movies, but I don't mean like this is more sophisticated. But there's they're a lot. Very, but they're very there's a lot movies. more depth. There is a lot, but in terms but, of look, but also in execution you know, visually. Uh, our friend was telling us the other day that that you know Poland is also getting very politicized again. Mm. So the idea of like reckless abandon and EDM and trap <clears throat> is sort of political in its own way. Well, I like because I was go okay. So a lot of. Uh, I thought you were going to yeah. compare it to song to song. I was not expecting Hourglass Sanitarium. We'll get well, the, the Malik stuff is that we'll get to that. But also, it reminds me of a lot of times when I see um, a film by the Thai director, A Pichapong We Are Sceptical. I don't. Joe. I like to call him by A Pichapong because it's that simple to say. I understand seeing it is intimidating, but A Pichapong. Anyway, when I see his movies, I like them. And then I read what other people have to say. And then I hear about all this like political stuff. I'm like, oh. I didn't get any of that, but it's like oh, I don't yeah. know about Thai. I don't know about Uncle Thai. Boon you, you know. Uncle Boon Me is su- is hella political. I got that. And um, yeah. Cemetery of Splendor. Cemetery. By the, by the time I saw Cemetery of Splendor, I got it. And there was some like, first of all, there, there's one Robert Altman esque scene in Cemetery of Splendor where this woman is trying to sell uh, skin lightening cream to these yeah. darker skinned Thai women, and I was like, oh, okay, that's so number I see one where number I'm going. one beauty product in the world. Yeah, ask Sammy Sosa. I'm not. I'm not yeah, going to no. ask him. Fuck Sammy Sosa, honestly. But uh, I don't know what he went through to make him feel he had to do that. I'm over it. I, like I said, I think the, I think a common thing that I re- not just in this podcast but in life, I think just that explanation you gave. You're a little more. I'm not a mean or a bad person, but I'm not as forgiving. I'm not, saying, I'm I'm not, not saying, as forgiving as you. I'm and, not and you saying you are. No, I'm I know not you're not. You're I'm saying I can be, but that doesn't define me. I will, like, you know. But um. What a random... Oh, and just for the listeners, I got... I don't know if this was planned or not, but you and our friend Carlo text me literally... It was not planned. So, for those listening, at the same exact time, our friend Carlo and Scott text me that I need to see uh, all these sleepless nights at the same time. No, and then him, I was like, oh, well, that, that that's a sign. Well, him and I were talking about it because I was talking to him about how I thought there was a lot of comparisons to the real Cancun. That was like the mm. first thing mm-hmm. I, that, that got me, but then... But but now you're making me think of the hourglass sanitarium. Yeah. And going back the, from the digital look to just like the attractive young people, definitely a Knight of Cups song to song vibe. There's a lot of twirly uh, attractive women, which is a Malikism. These that which is a post New World Malikism, twirly attractive women in in fields, um, and even down down to the music now, especially with Malik's last two films, the whole idea of electronic electronic music is very prevalent in Knight of Cups and song to song. So yeah, some some someone like with as not as complicated a palate as you and I. Mm-hmm. Movie palate, not food palate. You're sure. a terrible food palate. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, tried to say this is the movie that Song to Song should have been. And I say, 
No. Did anyone say that? Did you read that somewhere? Yeah. yeah. Who said it? I don't remember. What's his name? <laughs> All right. This just makes me feel like uh, Magnolia Fan Seven. Okay. That was a that was a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, Do you post on Movie Poop Shoot as Magnolia Fan Seven? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, the, <laughs> you'll tell me where we're not going to blow up the spot, but you'll give me his address off off record. So, but but, that. but but you know, just to go to a different place for one second, if you mm-hmm. would work with me for a moment, mm-hmm. you comparing all these sleepless nights, which were seriously like that and Ekaj are are front runners uh, for movie of the year yeah. for me right now, mm-hmm. no question. Um, and don't get me wrong, uh, Beach Rats and. Um, uh, song to song mm-hmm. and person to person mm-hmm. are are also, but you know some some movies hit me in different ways. Yeah, but I've always I, when I've tried to explain this to people, people think I'm stupid or being silly. But maybe you'll work with me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen you've seen uh, the Last Temptation of Christ. I have. Have you seen the Twenty Fifth Hour? Of course. To me, the 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 end of twenty fifth hour was a direct homage to the end of the last temptation of Christ. Wow! So in the last temptation of Christ, he's shown the world that what it could be. All oh, right, he, all right, all right. Doesn't all right if he doesn't allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And and you know he's really given temptation, and he, it's the last temptation. Yeah. Yes. And. He chooses uh, yeah. against it, and it's very similar in Twenty Fifth Hour as he's about to go to jail. Yes. his dad offers him to to run away. One of the best Spike Lee monologues, I think, too. Yeah, it was like the best part of a. It was like a okay movie. A, okay movie, or like yeah, that part was like yeah. And I just felt like it was very similar to the end of The Last Temptation of Christ. I didn't think about that not until you said that. That's really cool. And I feel like uh, Adrian Brody's character in uh, Summer of Sam might uh, might like be a weird dude trying to talk to characters in Beach Rats, but he'd be like sixty years old and gross. Wow, what would that character be like? Because they would know. definitely cross paths. It's again, it's not one of those neighborhoods. Bensonhurst is it too far removed from the, those other neighborhoods? Oh shit! Right? I thought it was Queens, but I think you're right. Oh yeah, because you yeah. go to the village. Yeah, but yeah, that dude. Yeah. But to be honest, like. That dude probably didn't make it out of the eighties because of like, probably if he was continuing his journey. Into yeah, heroin, you're right. You're right. You're right. Then, right, you're right. then it's yeah. likely that he OD'd or got the you know that disease that people in the eighties that shared needles could have gotten. Sure. But that was my favorite part of that movie mm-hmm. was that character, and like, it, yeah, you know, it was it was new because Spike Lee hadn't done a movie where. The main where like the focus wasn't mostly black characters. Sure, sure. And uh, it was interesting. I, I liked it a lot more when I was younger. Yeah, I always uh, I just loved the fact that Ben Gazzara showed up, and it was you know one of the last prominent Ben Gazzara roles before his you know before cancer got him and he lost his voice because if you've seen the films of John Cassavetes, you've seen uh, shit even Roadhouse, you've seen Summer of Sam, Buffalo '66. A big part of what Ben Gazar, it's its his projection, it's his voice. Ben Gazar, he wasn't a huge guy, but his sure. voice made him huge. So. Uh, uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. This Classic. is my town. Classic. Absolutely. I like that movie a lot. I do too. I, I That's the kind of movie, that movie and the movie with him and Liam Neeson, where they play like... Next of Kin. Yeah. 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 One of Ben Stiller's Ooh. earliest performances. Yeah, he was... As the know, young up-and-coming mob guy. Yeah, he it, that movie was like, yo, duh dramatic acting might not be for you except he was excellent in Permanent Midnight yeah but I think he's like the I think we we've referenced that a lot like yeah we have Diagram of a Scam yeah Diagram of oh, a man, Scam oh man you brought it back now Roadhouse Next of Kin Next yeah, of Kin but Roadhouse those are, those are movies that would show up on TBS on a Saturday oh a thousand percent a thousand percent I'd have to watch because there are those yeah. movies there's, there's Roadhouse Lionheart Bloodsport ah, definitely those aren't on TV as much Roadhouse at the time that they were is what I'm saying. For me, it's Roadhouse, mm-hmm. uh, Mexican, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, sure. Like those, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 That's the only thing I miss about having actual TV 
is 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 the TV telling me it's time to shut up and watch Roadhouse? Not so much those last two movies, but the first two movies you made were totally there was that series for those listening. And Point Blank. Point, but it was the um, movies for guys who like movies. It was huh. a thing that TNT and TBS did. It was like a series they did, and Next of Kin, and um, yeah. So those movies were those movies were on, on on heavy rotation. Yeah, and I've said I've said before, I unironically like Point Blank and the remake. Yeah, I can't do the remake. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it's you know I just was in a weird place. What's funny too is that it looks like um, pretty good cast too. It's got Delroy Lindo. It's got this guy Ray Winston. Yeah, it looks like it's, it's looks like a pretty good cast. But um, yeah, I love the original so much, and not so much that established critics, but people who I know. You're the only person who I know personally who's seen it. Who had not just like eh, I don't know, like people who I know, friends whose opinions I trust. Hated it. You're the first person who was like, oh, I like that. I like here's, it. Here's the thing. Uh, as you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, my father passed away on Thanksgiving. Mm. So, I like, didn't know that's when it was. Well, that's yeah. when it happened. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when... So, movies that come out around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the, like, where I can just escape from that feeling and uh, yeah, escape, get, like, a higher... Get get a higher view, higher rate... Makes sense. Uh, Makes sense. So yeah, there, so I don't want to. I'm not going to be like you know. There's definitely movies that that you think are bad that I really like, like Speed yeah. Racer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, any any um, Wachowski movie after Speed Racer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love mm-hmm. unabashedly. Not even not even like like I will defend. To, sure. With fists. I've actually no, I wouldn't. Um, but yeah, so I think Point Break the remake came out at a time where I really needed that. Okay, that's fair enough. I think Shoot. it came around the same time as Joy. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. And and yeah. jo- and Joy did didn't really give me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another movie that kind of came and went really quickly. Yeah, I think it's you know my mom and her friend wanted to see it, so we went to see it. Again, my only my greatest thing about Joy. Also, American Hustle is the underrated Elizabeth Rome uh, has suddenly become like a David Russell regular. Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, she was the very monotone, blonde-haired uh, assistant AD on the regular Law and Order. But you know, as far as movies go, oh wow, she was Jeremy Renner's wife in uh, in American Hustle. But um, she's great, man. You have to see this movie, and if you want, I'll loan it to you. This movie called Cruiser Sonata. It's directed by uh, Bernard Rose of Candyman fame. But uh, wow. he, he made a series. He he made this trilogy of films with Danny Houston. The first Candyman um, is ill. It's excellent on a. It's ill. Yeah, absolutely. Like on a film absolutely. level. Yeah. I recently yeah. watched that. I think two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's like it's it's not it's ill. Also, which is funny. Also starring Danny Houston. Those guys go back to to, to Candyman, but they made these like. Digital, like you could tell them these all of these movies. It's it's called Ivan's Ecstasy. It's loosely based on a true story. This is the, this um, is what you're telling me. Yeah, I need to see. Yeah, okay. Ivan's Ecstasy. Cruiser Sonata is the second film, and then the Tolstoy. Oh, I forgot the name of the third movie. But Cruiser Sonata is great. It's about Danny Houston, and it's just a movie about jealousy in men, and just how how it can just yeah. Eat the, you I want to watch it right now. And Elizabeth Rome is, she acts amazing in it, and she's also stunning and. It's a nice. It's not a long movie. Angelica Houston. You're gonna lend this to me. For I absolutely real? will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. You do you have a multi-region DVD I think so. player? Okay, then, 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 then you're good. It's a. It is a doozy. It's quick. First of all, it's funny because the movie is under ninety minutes, but it feel at when you're done, you feels like oh, I feel like I watched a four-hour movie. Yeah, not in a bad way. Sure. Not in a bad way. Like you watched Fear, a lot. TRX is like is like an hour ten. Yeah, and, and it's eighty something minutes. Eighty three minutes. Feels it takes a while to get through it, so yeah, yeah. you know time. Time is time is relative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Kutus is not. You got to see. Oh, it's it. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you remember yeah. Red Violin? Yeah, of course. That's a that's a that's a late nineties, early aughts blockbuster classic. Yeah, I'm, my one of my best friends who I used to live with he used to watch that movie a lot. I don't. That's weird. Like I don't. He used to watch I don't it think a lot. I need to see that movie more than twice. Yeah, me I neither. prefer Cave, Caveman's Valentine. I just yeah. But I'm a huge yeah. Caveman's Valentine fan. Which. I love the fact you brought that up because we're going back to Silence of the Lambs again because that was directed by Casey Lemons who acts occasionally and she was Clary Starling's other female buddy, the the black woman. She was her friend in the FBI uh, training. I so, love that. Yeah. 
I yeah. love the world that we're existing in. Yeah. She um she's done some other stuff. She did what's that movie Talk to Me? Yeah. About uh and then she did uh well of course Eve's Bayou is her, sure. that's the Eve's you know. Bayou is a is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. But for a, a woman who only has, you know, three movies under her belt in a in a lar- in almost two decades, she's got a good filmography. She's got a you know But she directed Eve's Bio. Yeah, she directed yeah, yeah. Eve's Bio, yeah. Yeah. Eve's yeah. Bio Caveman's Valentine and Talk to Me, so Yeah, Caveman's Valentine I think all it needs to do is I don't know if it is but all it needs to do is get a little push on the Netflix and it, I think it would become a cult film you do see that's the thing I don't I, really? I yeah I'm not as positive as you are on, on that un- unfortunately I think that that movie's it's a different time just like what yeah, yeah but that Jonathan Demi movie <clears throat> that we were just talking about Sounds of the Lambs no last week we were talking about uh, Ray Liotta Oh yeah, something wild. Something wild. Yeah. So that movie, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. That movie's only becoming cult, cult certified like right now. Well, my thing is, to, well, I thought that was it was I thought it was considered a cult movie like when I was in college. Yeah, but it was a 2000s. cult. It might have been a cult movie, but the cult was small. True. I just think with the thing is, don't get me wrong. When you step inside of a video store, it can be intimidating because there's a lot of shit. But I think there's like. Between Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, there's way more stuff. Sure. And you also don't have, like, a cool, nerdy, annoying, obnoxious, but well-meeting, like, video store employee in person to, like, recommend certain things to you. Because automated recommendations are off. Yeah, like, they're I very... watch I watch Upstream Color a lot on Netflix, and the shit that is, you know, recommended to me has nothing to do... I'll just... It has nothing to do with Upstream Color. So I just feel like it's difficult for movies to become cult films... Not impossible because movies become cult films all yeah, the time. Yeah, but your boy, I think it was like easier, your boy you know? Pontypool somehow like developed. Shit, a, you are right. You're right. You're right. Gigantic. You're right. Gigantic cult. Well, gigantic for a cult. Yeah. Not gigantic like like Mad Max cult following, but it's but got regular quite, size cult it's following. It's got yeah. quite the cult following. So were, does so does the film does the the film before Upstream Color by that same director. Oh, Primer. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I think yeah. I like Upstream Color a lot more. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, that's true. And and when horror horror fans can, can be loyal, when horror fans are, are, are into something, you know, and, that, and what that's, I love... That's also... What, what I love so much, but not, not to go off too much, but what I love so much about Pool is like on the... Like the first, I don't know, 30 minutes, it's easy to be like, oh, they're just copying John Carpenter's thing. These people are snowed in, and there's this weird alien threat outside. But by the end of the movie, it's like, oh, this is some weird, different shit. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. Still streaming. Oh, is it? I, it? I think it got taken down like really recently because I went to go watch it and it wasn't there. Oh man! Yeah, uh, also, but I've seen it enough times. So I, I got an Academy screener of "I Love You," the film that uh, Cribs recommended us. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Marco Ferrari. If you, if you movie. want me to send you, yeah, I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen a few. I've, obviously, Dillinger is dead. Is like the one when it comes to Marco Ferrari. That's the like the movie that 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 I know. Bye bye, Bunky. And then there's a third movie that's just totally escaping me now. But yeah, I need to. I'd like to see, especially with Christopher Lambert. Yeah. And that weird sounding synopsis of a movie, I definitely want to see. Yeah. That. Also, like I, Christopher Lambert is fun. There's a nice episode of uh oh, there's a nice episode of the Venture Brothers where Christopher Lambert is in it. <laughs> is for he a really? Moment. Yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. Because Venture Brothers is a fantastic, great. Cartoon. Hey, he showed up in a Claire Denis movie, and that was like, wait, what? And then I was like, well, wait a minute, he's French. It's not that far fetched that he would, you know. So, prior to prior to Christopher Lambert being in White Material, you could get from Christopher Lambert to Claire Denis in just in a, in, in a few steps. And then, and then he was then he was in. He was in he White was Material, in White exactly. Material so, as the Highlander. <laughs> yeah. And he, so yeah, I was gonna say homework, but you're gonna let me some DVDs. Yeah, Kruzer Sonata, a thousand percent. Because then, I, then I feel like we have we have an action packed next couple of weeks to figure it out. Hopefully, yeah. we have a couple guests. Yes. Um, I, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about Kazam earlier. Yeah. Uh, it is probably my second favorite Shaq performance. My first being uh, Freddie Got Fingered. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to talk about that sometime. We have to. I'm, I've lost my steam a little bit because we lost that episode where we talked about it. So we I don't know if we three. can capture we the lost, magic. We lost three. Okay. Yeah. Three episodes. I don't know. I don't know if I have it in me. 
So ScottThorough.com. PinlandEmpire.com, PinkSmoke.com. Yeah, check out Beach Rats. Um, check out Gravesend. Check out Bullet. Check out definitely check out Bullet. Check out all check these out, sleepless nights. As I was spying on your list, check out Strapped. Um, definitely check out Strapped. Check out is, Two Lovers. We, we didn't yeah, talk about two it. Two Lovers. But yeah, I yeah, really yeah, like that yeah, movie. Yeah. Because that that incorporates that space of Brooklyn, but uh, older and Jewish. So, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies of the last twenty years. Sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. My buddy, uh, filmmaker of uh, Battle Sounds and Brooklyn native John Carluccio loves uh, Two Lovers. He likes that movie a lot. Well, I love him uh, superficially. Okay. And uh, don't go see Bushwick. Peace. Saturday night.